0: Welcome to Date Card Pod. I'm Jenna. And I'm Danica. And we're back with an episode this week. I, I really would have thought that this week's episode, we would be discussing our thoughts and opinions on the finale of Listen to Your Fart. Um, but no, alas, somebody was very racist in Bachelor Nation. <gasps> <gasps> Who'd have thunk? But alas, this is what we are dealing with. Um, I you know i think we should just mention it Danica and i recorded an episode already okay <laughs> we did not press record
1: this is our third go yeah. uh because the second one we tried to do was also a trash
2: uh <laughs> we just like really got in our heads
1: and we're nervous about it yes. uh so this is the third go around it's gonna be great folks like yes. you're gonna want to tune in for this one
0: podcasting's uh, hard and, uh, you know, what are you going to do? But basically, we wanted to record this episode so that we could discuss what happened this week in Bachelor Nation because it was really, to be honest, disappointing and upsetting. And I think a lot of us have really heavy hearts about it. And I think it's a good thing to talk about. Would you agree, Danica? Nope, completely disagree. Uh, <laughs> I'm the Joe Rogan of this podcast. <laughs> Just
1: kidding super super important and uh jenna put out a call to action earlier this week just asking if there were any um people of color and especially black women of color who wanted to sort of talk about what had happened this week um so we're just gonna like try to walk you guys through what happened in case you weren't aware Mm -hmm. um talk about like what happened in bachelor nation as far as like former contestants go and then like talk a little bit about like our feelings about it uh which are the least important part of this episode Mm -hmm. and then the remainder of the episode is gonna be like submissions from people who sent us their. we sent them questions and they sent us answers and they are brilliant and beautiful and wonderful and so well thought out like i encourage everyone to listen to it but especially like if you're a white woman who is listening to this kind of show please listen to all of it because I learned a lot and I think it's something that's like really important that everyone should also like learn from they did this emotional labor for free we thank them so
0: much for all of their effort and you should you should hear it yeah I would really really encourage people to do that um the the emotional labor the time the just sharing your thoughts and experiences as a POC member of Bachelor Nation, it's important and it really needs to be heard um, now more than ever, but also kind of all the time. And it's really disheartening that their experiences and narratives are not shown on in in the franchise in the social media of the franchise on the show it's just like it's not great so that's what we're gonna do for the rest of this podcast episode um so yeah like janica said we're just gonna kind of go do an overview in case you were living under a rock this week and to be honest i'm jealous because i really hated this entire timeline and i would like to live under a rock <laughs> i would really like to live under a rock um mm-hmm. But I didn't get the luxury as somebody who runs an Instagram account that is um, fucking tits deep in Bachelor Nation. Let me tell you this. So, uh, a little backstory. Last Saturday, Hannah Brown um, did an Instagram live, um, and she was practicing some TikToks, singing some songs with her friends and her family. And she very uh, casually said, the n-word to her thousands and thousands and thousands of viewers watching on instagram live she proceeded to follow that up with a series of dismissive comments that were claiming that she didn't say it that then transitioned into well i maybe i did but i don't i would never i would never say something like that so i find it hard to believe i did say it but if i did i'm really sorry i did but saying it really kind of like the way i just said it very um, not sincere and dismissive. And she even went as far as to try to blame it on her brother, which is, I mean, what a fun thing to do, right? Yeah, your brother, who is a white man. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, not great. Um, and so, like, since then, she's been pretty quiet on social media. And White Bachelor Nation is doing what White Bachelor Nation does best, which is... uh attack anybody who has a critical opinion of Hannah. And I don't think, like, either of us are just like, oh, cancel Hannah. No. Um, I think uh, us, along with uh, most of Bachelor Nation, is just like, hey, like, I just, like, want to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. And, like, you should apologize. Yes. Like, truly apologize for what has happened. Um, So I think there's been, like, a really interesting response in bachelor nation from like people that are fans versus people who were on the show and it's really interesting to see like what the fans are saying versus what the people that are a part of bachelor nation are saying so we've seen people like rachel who was the bachelorette a few seasons ago and people like mike like speaking up and they've said pretty different things i think mike was a little bit more like PR about it like uh if I'm looking at his response he even this is like pretty profound he said we are responsible for our words the ones we use in error and the ones we choose carefully to build a path forward so like even he's just saying like it doesn't matter what your intent is mm-hmm. it's going to make people hurt or like feel a certain way regardless yes that's like a pretty strong statement from Mike yeah yeah <laughs> But I do, like, love that from him. And then Rachel did, like, a full, like, 10-minute session about, like, what racism is like in, like, Bachelor universe. And, like, why it's important that Hannah not be, like, crucified, but, like, Mm -hmm. held accountable for, like, what she's saying. Certainly. It's funny because, like, white Bachelor Nation is, like, we are canceling. Y'all liberals are, like, canceling this person. And it's like, no, we're not. We're just, like... Can we get an apology? Can we get a uh, like, how will you do better? Yes. Can we get a uh, like, educate the people that are following you that don't believe the same things we do?
0: It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. As somebody who was really in the thick of it the other day, it is really disheartening to see how many people were just like, it's okay to say this. It's okay to do this. It's just in a song. I don't care. She wasn't being overtly racist. She wasn't being racist. She's not a racist. It was over and over again, this like blind defending of this person. And and yes, so many people calling us um, hateful, literally using the word hateful that we and other people who are asking for accountability including rachel including mike including a lot of people who are on the show like asking for accountability that these people were hateful because we were asking another person to just apologize and use their massive platform to talk about what they did was wrong and how they will act moving forward. It's not about canceling anybody. Hannah B is a rich white woman who has a very massive platform. She is not at risk of having anything taken from her. And we have to just acknowledge that, you know? And she has such a great opportunity to educate people, educate millions of people who follow her take a stance and prove to us that when she said this word, that she was doing it in a way that was not intentionally racist. The thing is she shouldn't have said it regardless, but when we want to talk about these situations, we want to talk about intent versus consequences. There is so much to be said about that. And that's something that she needs to do the work for. Rachel Lindsay asked her, called her privately to ask her for, these, these steps and she has not done it. She made a temporary apology on her Instagram story slide that has now been erased. It's, you know, it goes away after 24 hours and that's your, that's your attempt at accountability. Like it's bananas to me. Um, and it's not okay. It's just not, it's like just not okay. So yeah, um, It also was like a little, like if we can go like a little bit further into it, like it's
1: also crazy to me that like the the people in Bachelor Nation have been attacking Rachel Lindsay to the point where she's like, she's literally like on a meditation retreat or something right now. Like she had to like take a break from social media because she said, I don't like a white woman saying the N word. If we could like boil it down to like the primary thing, uh, she shouldn't have said the n word. Rachel Lindsay is being attacked so much that she's like having to like just leave social media for a second. Like, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? And it's funny because I feel like, um, I was talking to you about this before we recorded the first time and now it's the third time, but like, um, like Mike said something similar too where just like I don't think this is acceptable and it's her ex-boyfriend and he mm-hmm. he's fine. This feels like a lot of like mm-hmm. massage noir, you know what I mean? Where just like people like hate like black women that like speak up about these kinds of issues and it's just like it's not even an issue. Like Hannah said the N word. Like what standards do we have if we're defending white women that mm-hmm. say the N word? <laughs>
0: I mean, I feel like that's something I just saw a lot in the Instagram comment threads of a post I made on Sunday morning that has now been deleted because Instagram thinks that asking for accountability within racism is violating their community standards. Okay, whatever, Instagram, fuck you. But I saw so many people being deeply worried and defensive on behalf of Hannah B. And when i I, at some point i was just like why is this why are these people so fervently defending and like worried about her when when we're talking about somebody using a racial slur and a lot of these people even said like i'm not racist but which we all know that's a terrible thing to say anytime you don't say i'm not racist but and then continue your sentence stop um but regardless people were just like this is she shouldn't have said it but like let's just like calm down. And it's like, I realize so much of that for a lot of white people is when they see another individual, another white woman being like held accountable or being called out, they are projecting their own fears of their own selves and what actions they do and their ability to get canceled their ability to lose things because they are doing the same actions and to me that just spoke volumes of what was happening on instagram what's still happening we got so many messages from people who were just like you should move on what is wrong with you it's like we're not moving on we need to we need to have this conversation it's fine it's fine yeah it's not fine but like let's have this conversation you know yeah
1: and i mean like it's totally Like, one thing to... It's just, like, very apparent to me that this is something Mm -hmm. that's been happening for a while. It's very disturbing to me that she has, like, on her season was, like, dating black men. And that this was a thing that was going on. And, I like, I, I wonder how Mike feels, like, truly. And it's really apparent to me, like, that Bachelor Nation attacking Rachel again i i i feel Mm -hmm. i so feel for rachel because i feel like she's just been given like the shit end of the stick because she was the first uh, uh, aside from he who shall not be named juan pablo like she was the first like person of color like to be a lead yeah yeah to be a lead on the show and it's the amount of shit she's mm-hmm. received is just, like, it's pretty. It's pretty upsetting.
0: And you, I think we saw... I saw a lot of people like Katie and Sydney and there were some other members of the show who spoke out. And they all got shot on. There's They got so many threats. They got so many uh, people harassing them in their DMs. It's really upsetting. Y'all stop. It's weird that, like, in a generally, like,
1: polyamorous show, just, like, only these white Karens are that are just, like... <laughs> get married or else are the people that are commenting on it and it's just like they but they only hate on people of color also i'm taking this moment to shit on mckenna because nobody's listening to this podcast anyway mckenna please stop doing tiktoks jenna won't stop texting me about it and i i don't want to
3: see it anymore
0: (laughs) it's so sad and desperate because like you were saying about how like all these people who were on peter season's for not the right reasons, are now just like desperately struggling because they're not going to be on BIP this year.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: What what are they going to do when they recast everybody, <laughs> McKenna? What are you doing, honey? Like you could have had a sad bitch noncommittal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, we just have to we have to keep having this conversation, and Bachelor Nation needs to um, calm down for a little bit and really think about. What it's, what it's done and what it's doing. And um, we're happy to have this conversation and keep working on it. And um, our emails, our DMs, our page is open for people who wanna have a reasonable conversation about this topic. Um, I am deleting some very ignorant comments because enough has been said from that side of the uh, table. But uh, yeah, if you have any questions or comments or thoughts about it, come to us. And also, I think we were mentioning before, the rest of this episode is going to be a series of recordings that were submitted to us from POC members of Bachelor Nation about their thoughts and feelings about their experiences and what happened this week. Especially black women to the front. Yes, black women to the front for sure. But also all POC that are... Uh, members of this franchise, for sure. We want to continue that conversation. If you want to say something, we would be glad to have you on this uh, podcast for a future episode, Um, whether it be an interview style or also just a recording of your thoughts and feelings. um, Reach out to us. We want to continue this conversation and centering POC voices versus, you know, white voices that are dominating every aspect of this culture. So again, I think as Danica mentioned in the beginning, uh, we really urge you to uh, listen to the remainder of this episode all the way through. Um, There are some really beautiful, beautiful voices, um, really important things to be said. You will notice some themes across the board, but I think it's really, I think it's our duty to listen to these experiences and, and hear them. And just honestly, like, listen, just fucking listen. It's the least, it's the least you can do, you know?
1: Honestly, like, um, even like the shortest ones have so much more insight than Jenna and I can ever like explain. So like, you'll hear like three minute bits that are just like, snap, snap, snap. They're great. But like everyone's perspective is so much more than Jenna and I can bring to Mm -hmm. the table. Uh, Because we haven't lived that kind of experience. And we're so grateful to everybody who was generous enough to give us uh, their time and their perspective. So please keep listening. It's good and, and necessary. It's very necessary.
0: Anyway,
5: so without further ado, enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you. How long have you been in Bachelor Nation? And is there something about watching the show that you enjoy? I've been a part of Bachelor Nation since Sean Lowe's season, which was in 2013, so it's been seven years for me. I started watching the show when the first success story happened, so that was something that I entered the show thinking would always happen. And that's what I enjoy most about watching the show. How would you describe your experience as a viewer or a fan as a Black person? As a Black person, watching the show is disappointing. I find myself rooting for the people of color, hoping that at least one of them will get a love story out of this or at least make it to top two which never happens of course what would you like to say to the creators or producers or white fan base i have nothing to say to the white fan base other than for them to educate themselves on the racism in this country Because of the white fan base that's not comfortable watching people of color as leads, we've only gotten one lead in the 18 years that this show has been on. If you're not comfortable watching a person of color as your lead because you think you can't relate to them, then you're a part of the problem. To the creator and producers of the franchise, I'm sick and tired. So sick and tired of Chris Harrison saying that you guys choose leads based on everything but race. Because that's a damn lie. You guys are trying to appease the white demographic so you feed us white leads so they won't be mad that you decided to represent the rest of the world because white people is not the only people that make up this world. Rachel's season had some low ratings but she got her happy ending at the end of it. She still hasn't gotten to a million followers yet on IG and she was the lead while contestants have surpassed a million followers. White contestants have surpassed a million followers. Telling yourself that picking all the leads is not based on race is a lie and you're racist. You're scared that a person of color will tank your ratings and because of the racism from the fan base, there will forever be racism and prejudice from production and the creators. Maybe even ABC. A Mike Johnson would have been a better lead and would have given us A love story, not a Peter Weber shit show. Anna Brown. Oh, God. What are your thoughts on this week? Anna Brown should be held accountable. That is my thoughts. I'm sorry, Tyler Cameron. I won't bully her, but I'm not going to lift her up either. To all the white racist apologists that have been defending her and not holding her accountable for actions, you're a part of the problem. Writing a three sentence apology doesn't cut it for me. I need to see the disgust on her face when she's saying how sorry she is. To all the racist apologists that caused the date card pods post to be removed, you suck. Sincerely, Shanice. Also, Nisi underscore XO on Instagram. Thank you. Hi, this
6: is Amber Day from Louisiana. Um, I just kinda of had a few thoughts about Bachelor Nation, what's going on with Hannah B and all that fun stuff. I have kind of been a part of Bachelor Nation since Becca's season, so like a year and a half, two years, whatever that lands at this point. Um it's being a person of color and being part of Bachelor Nation is almost a contradiction. Um It's easy it's like the very kind of most shallow layer is the lack of representation, um, in the leads. Um, like that's just kind of barely scratching the surface. But if, even if you look down to how characters on, I say characters, because that's basically what they've become at this point with all the influencers and crap being on the show. Um, but you have each of these contestants, you have the white contestants who can do something, And then you'll have a black contestant do the exact same thing. And if you look on social media, these black contestants are being vilified infinitely higher. You can ask almost anybody who the worst bachelorette was. And they'll say it was Rachel Lindsay. Um, Not because her season was awful. I actually went back and watched her season. And it wasn't like Hannah's season was worse than Rachel's, in my opinion. Um, It's because people don't choose to be a part of... The African American experience. Um, and that's even further proven when, in situations when it comes to Hannah B., um, saying the N word this past weekend, like that's a place of hurt for a lot of African Americans. And Bachelor Nation, for the most part, I would probably say largely 70, 75% of Bachelor Nation didn't find that important. Um, in fact, anybody who mentioned it or said anything negative or not even negative but anybody who tried to hold any form of accountability to Hannah and her friend and her friend circle were deemed as the villains and that was just kind of a nail in the coffin moment I I normally watch bachelor uh with a, f- a friend group of mine and it's become our tradition of like we'll have dinner together watch the bachelor and I would kind of joke that it was the widest space in television and To my surprise and delight, there's a podcast called Two Black Girls, One Rose, um, and their tagline is, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's where two black ass girls invade the widest space in television, The Bachelor. Um, And they kind of had a lot of those same thoughts when it came to how black people are presented, how um, the producers edit black people, how Bachelor Nation is, how they respond to black people, even down to knowing like, if they were to cast another black Bachelorette or a black Bachelor, their ratings would go down because the general white population of Bachelor Nation does not give a single crap. And, and I think that's largely why we haven't seen anybody since Rachel Lindsay. But at the at the end of the day, um, when it comes to the whole Hannah B situation, when it comes to just being a person of color in Bachelor Nation, it's just a dangerous space because a lot of the people, no matter how much they say they love all people equally and especially down here in the south with a god loves everybody god made everybody like cool god also made us all different but instead of choosing to like see the beauty in what's different black people are often vilified and ignored for their differences um and then made to feel like our feelings don't matter whenever somebody says something as hurtful as the n-word even if it's just in reference to a song and that's that, that whole thing has been super hurtful because it's just another case of us not being taken seriously um, and seeing p- that people would rather protect someone who's clearly in the wrong rather than address maybe some of their own personal choices and prejudices. So I guess that's kind of where I am in all of this right now. And it's really disappointing. Um, I kind of don't really want to be a part of Bachelor Nation anymore. Like I was already over it after Peter's crap show of the season, but even more so now like it's just it's not a safe place for people of color. it just further illuminated the fact that people of color aren't welcomed and they're not safe and they're not protected like people would rather protect the systems in place than to try to reach for better and so yeah that's just kind of been my perspective on the whole thing as a person of color it's just been. Kind of sickening, and I've been so appreciative for people like Ashley Spivey who have been like all on this. And again, Ra- Rachel, like Rachel Lindsay, is life. Her um, her life really went into the history of the N word and why it's not okay. Like, as a person of color, I can choose how I want to relate to that word in my life. And for me personally, it's not a word that I use. I don't really allow the people around me to use it. And I and I have that prerogative. I don't feel like a a person who's not a person of color should tell me how I should use a word that was previously used to harm me because I was raised being called everything from the worst of racial slurs like the N word to things as seemingly harmless as being called Oreo or token, which are highly offensive and a whole nother discussion for another day. But these are things that, bachelor nation often tends to just kind of sleep under the rug and just this is already getting long so um when we just kind of want to touch on the apology that came after it was just really disheartening as well to see the defense of the apology when the apology disappeared in 24 hours um it was a weak apology at best um with it being what it was it didn't actually name what she did but at the same time like It was more so it looked like her just checking off a box so that she can say, hey, I apologize, moved on. And a lot of the Bachelor Nation fan base went with that as well. Knowing very well if somebody harmed them in any way, you would want a genuine apology that reflected why they were apologetic, the harm that was done. Again, not protected, not safe, probably pretty close to being done with Bachelor Nation.
2: My name is Aretha, and I live in the D.C. area. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to answer these questions and present my view. How long have I been part of The Bachelor Nation, and is there something about watching the show that I enjoy? I would say the first season that I watched a Bachelor franchise show was Trista's season of The Bachelorette, and I've watched on and off throughout the years, but definitely within the past five to six years, I've been watching more diligently whether it's Bachelor, Bachelorette, Paradise, the ill-fated Bachelor Pad, and Winter Games. And how would I describe my experience as a viewer or fan as a Black person? And so I definitely think with Nick's season you saw a little bit more diversity in the casting um, that The Bachelor was presenting and I thought that With Rachel being cast as a bachelorette and then the subsequent seasons, there were definitely um, people from different races, backgrounds, living in different parts of the country, ages, which it just seemed like it was great. And now within the past few years, it just seems like it's been going a little reverse. The lead has gotten younger. They have tended to be very similar in backgrounds. Um, or viewpoints and therefore they have casted individuals that have looked very much the same and if there were minorities casted on the show they don't go that far. I definitely think and it's shown that and we've heard and as a fan of The Bachelor you know now that casting for the lead is very much on who they're attracted to and who they like and It makes sense. Why are you producing a show for somebody to find love and you're not taking their opinions into consideration on who they're attracted to and who they could see themselves settling down with? And because your creators and producers of the show are casting individuals that tend to be very similar um, in the past few years, it makes sense why you're not casting as a diverse set of individuals, or even if you do cast those individuals, that they're not going as far in the show. And so one way, and this leads to the next question on what would I like to say to the creators and producers, is one thing is, which I think that they're moving towards now, especially with casting Claire as the lead, is casting somebody that's a little more mature, casting somebody that's a little different, somebody that's um, diverse, will definitely lead to more diverse individuals being on the show, whether it's age, race, um, where they're from, especially when there's a direct correlation between the lead and who's casted on the show or how far individuals go on the show. Now, to go back to my experience as a Black person, fan of the show... And, or what would I say to the white fan base? Being black isn't a monolith. We're not all the same. And so therefore, when one person has an opinion or one person presents themselves in a certain way, that's not a representation on the whole race. And I think that people tend to not understand or appreciate that we're all different. But I also think given the things that have happened this week, um, that have come out since the Hannah situation, it shows that a lot of the fan base just doesn't understand or want to understand the the plights that we go through living in America and being black in America, and especially when it's not represented on the shows that they watch, um, and those and viewpoints that are different than them aren't challenged. They sometimes just don't understand or appreciate where people are coming from. And so in regards to the Hannah situation, we're very big nowadays on cancel culture and canceling individuals for um, something that they've did, done which makes people scared or not wanting to present their true self or um, feeling like everything they're doing is judged. and you know, I start this by saying that I'm not judging somebody on one action. But how I how I am judging them on is how they approach the situation afterwards and how they react. And I think that, you know, after what was done, and what she said, um, whether intentional or not, whether in a song or not, there was part of her that knew that that was wrong or wasn't appropriate. And Her actions after the fact have kind of spoken louder than what she did in the first place. If you make a statement on video, you should feel comfortable enough if you feel like what you did is wrong or you understand or appreciate what you did is wrong, you should feel comfortable enough to say an apology on video and not write one out. And especially knowing that a lot of people have PR individuals or, you know, managers, that write a lot of statements for them, it definitely would mean something and and hold more weight her speaking and apologizing versus her writing an apology. Because the truth of the matter, her immediate reaction was to blame someone else and not someone else being her brother and then laugh it off. And that's what we saw. And that's the takeaway. So statement or not, the takeaway that I see is laughing and blaming other people. And I don't want to make excuses or use someone's age as a reason for this response because you can be any age and mature or immature. But I do think that given the situation that, you know, she just has a lot of real life experiences and growing up to do in order to understand and react in a better way when circumstances like this happen in the future, and what it shows me is that for the people that are commenting and/or wanting to contradict or make statements and ask, "Well, it's in a song," or "If you're black and you use it, why can I use it and I'm white?" I would ask your, I would you know, ask you or question you, why are you fighting so hard to utilize a word? Why are you using your space and your time to defend someone's actions who has already attempted to apologize for said actions? Do you understand that it's wrong? Do you not understand that it's wrong? And if people are trying to educate or explain to you why it's wrong, why can't you just accept that that's the situation? And so I think that, it, you know, to close out, a lot of it ties into each other the individuals that are casted as lead, the age, um, their backgrounds, where they come from, and their viewpoints on the world and this country. And I think that the more experienced you are and the more that you've seen, um, the more people you've interacted with, the more open you are, um, the less things like this happen. Or if something you do say tends to offend somebody, you're more likely to take more accountability for what you did rather than deflect the situation. To conclude, it would be really great if a lot of these individuals in Bachelor Nation and a lot of these leads that have mass followings take the opportunity to educate their followers. And it is frustrating when the only person doing so is also the only um, Black lead that they have ever had.
4: Hi, Jenna and Dan. Thanks for having me on the pod. So I really hate the ways that black contestants are treated in this game. From the show casting overtly racist contestants to playing into stereotypes about black men for Bachelor in Paradise ratings, the actual show has demonstrated that they have no qualms about exploiting racism for ratings. Um, I worry that the segment of us who are Pulled out of the narrative and away from the show by such, like, overt exploitation are but a small few, and that it only contributes to the reality of the show for others. Um, I distinctly remember um, the Bachelor in Paradise season um, following Rachel's Bachelorette season. Like, of course, during her season, they brought in Lee, who was, as I remember, a casual racist at best. And that like pulled me out of the narrative and definitely left me feeling concerned for like the safety of the men in the house, but also Rachel's heart. But uh, a bright thing about Rachel's season was that her crew of men were super diverse. And that was amazing because you very rarely see that on The Bachelor. But I distinctly remember that Bachelor in Paradise season following it um, was ended abruptly like there was a pause in the middle because of sexual assault allegations um on the island. I guess not on the island in Mexico. Um but I, I very much remember it being advertised as like, ooh, we had to shut down. Ooh, what happened? I don't know. Maybe Corinne was sexually assaulted by this by this nefarious man from this last season. Ooh, look what happens when Ooh, I don't know. And I found the, the way the show handled the entire situation, the way it was spoken about in the media and for it to come down to Corinne saying, no, it was actually not a situation left me with a really bad taste in my mouth because it definitely seemed like they could have not exploited the situation and instead could have like investigated it seriously and not let rumors like float about. Victoria F like modeled literal Confederate flag merch and was given this like redemption arc around her like actual relationship with PP and like rumors about her love life in the past that were never like substantiated within the show. She had this like assumption of innocence within her narrative and her White Lives Matter activity, the Confederate merch was never referenced within the narrative of the show. I hate that Bachelor Nation like feeds into all of this by, like, treating Rachel as the token race and oppression expert that she can't just, like, do sponsored content and be on ESPN and hang out with her hot husband and just be a former Bachelorette lead. I really hate that she was compelled to say something about Hannah B because of Bachelor Nation. I want to say, likely, based on, like, the comments on that ill-fated instagram post likely white bachelor nation demanding that she say something i saw that also like mike and sydney also received hordes of messages demanding that they respond publicly to it just this huge crowd of people demanding like show us how much it hurts to be a negro show us how much it hurts to be disappointed by someone that you expected better of um i can say from personal experience that It is deeply disappointing and hurtful when someone you expected better of expresses ignorance and a dismissal of their privilege. It's, it it fucking sucks. And I don't think that as a, as a fandom, we would ever demand that of Becca or JPJ or any sort of white contestant. It hurts my heart that even in her journey for love um she's been burdened with educating a horde of people who do not actually want to be educated but they expect her to try so hard they want you to work yourself ragged trying to explain to them why they can't say the n-word why they shouldn't be sending death threats to sydney the one you work tirelessly to explain why hannah brown shouldn't say Rachel slurs on camera. They want you to performatively forgive Hannah Brown so Bachelor Nation can feel better about the time that they disappointed a Black person in their lives. Ugh. I know that Rachel said she chose to reach out to Hannah and outline steps for accountability. I hope that young lady takes Rachel's advice because that is work and a kindness that Rachel did not have to give her. It was not owed to her by anybody. You got Instagram live, you have Google. All right, that's it.
3: Hello, my name is Sophie James. I live in Tampa, Florida. I am 34 years old and um, this week has been very, well, not even this week. Obviously, we're going through a global pandemic for the last several months, so that's been um, anxiety-inducing and stressful. Um, But I think in the ways that this pandemic has just exacerbated or more so highlighted structural inequalities that were there well before it. um, And so there's this... um, experiencing all of the things that I'm aware of on a daily basis, but at much more severe levels, that's also taken a toll on my mental health and things that should be more of an escape, uh, streaming Netflix, um, Hulu. And for me personally, the bachelor has been one of those things that allows me to get lost in some truly batshit crazy stuff. Um, where I can just kind of escape, or honestly, it's 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 almost like self care for me because then I'm not really so hyper vigilant on things that I deal with on a daily basis. I'm a Haitian woman, um, an immigrant, and I started watching, or I feel like I needed to preface that too, just to give more context of the lens in which I see things, um. But I started watching The Bachelor when I was 15, so like the very first season um, being I hate to say it uh, an older millennial um it was around that time where there was just like reality TV was getting its stride and it was becoming more mainstream and there were other shows like Joe Millionaire and just other trash at that time and The Bachelor was you know it's ABC it's more professional I don't know but I was fifteen. Started watching The Bachelor, um, so I've been in Bachelor Nation uh, about more than half my life. That's really sad to see that. And honestly, I think, and I'm looking at this first question here, right? How long have you been in Bachelor Nation? And is there something about watching a show you enjoy? Obviously, what I enjoyed about it as a 15-year-old is definitely different in how I look at it now being 34 and also throughout the years it's definitely changed like there were mo- like what the bachelor was when it first aired to what it was like in the late 2000 early 2010s and kind of going into now this influencer age and, uh, and and it's really more so about your brand building a brand instead of really finding love like it was a little bit more wholesome ironically in the beginning seasons um I think it's always just still been about entertainment and also in the cases where it really worked out like a Sean and Catherine or a Trista and Ryan where you're just kind of like, Oh, this is a re- this is really cute. So there's sentimental reasons why I watch it. But I think my hyper vigilant and criticalness of it has been more at play in the last five years and there are a lot of reasons for that. It was just a perfect storm of my of political shifts in my life, personal shifts and spiritual. And I don't know, it's just this understanding of how I go out into the world. Society will always look at me a certain way without even caring for my input. And that carries on into representation on television. So having a show that I routinely watch every single spin off, there isn't whether it survived one season or three or four or more successful, like Bachelor in Paradise, I have seen every single iteration of The Bachelor. I listen to Bachelor recap podcasts. And obviously, the the most important thing that's never talked about or highlighted is race. But you definitely see how race plays into it. Especially I remember in the much earlier seasons, there would just be this pop culture joke that you know there would be the token or the or the minorities to for for to fill that quota to show that there's diversity and i'm using air quotes but knowing that they would never go past week um two or three right so we're all, i don't know who's as far as who's going to listen to this if you can relate but that's been a pop culture joke and As the times have changed, and we have to think about the power of social media too, with Twitter, Instagram, and all these things, viewers can react and also flesh out these jokes, really. But it's just society's, it's really just a reflection of how society works, but we're using humor to kind of lessen the blow. Um and you would see discussions on Twitter or now how it's moved on into Instagram with memes and, and such that we talk about race, we know intersecting the bachelor and the race is has been there. And then it definitely got more highlighted once Rachel, the first contestant of well, the first black bachelor contestant in any franchise was the leading um, person uh there was so much surrounding that too and I'm not going to delve into that that's its own podcast episode but um so enjoying it as a black person and even an immigrant of just you know having my own jokes of like I don't that should only happens in America like these relations how are these relationships starting off you know certain um the footings that these relationships start off on the conversations that are had and questions that are asked and And yeah, I think I critiqued it prior to five years ago under a a racial lens, but it hasn't, but I think it's been magnified the last five years for things that have gone on personally in my life and at a macro level of society, how politics have um, really shifted. So, representation i didn't realize was a big deal for me until rachel got casted because there was always this how far or this i be kind of going off of that joke of you know how far will the contestants of color especially the black contestants go right but then as you started seeing contestants of color kind of go beyond the um the early weeks where they can weed out the people that they're not really attracted to. I started to see a shift in myself physically or like this curiosity of like, Oh my gosh, how far can they go? And this would be huge for the franchise. And then Rachel to, you know, be top three. And then just the way that she carried herself and kind of relating to seeing how she knew she had to be hyper aware, like the other women weren't of how she cared herself, how she spoke, how she dealt with conflict, or didn't insert herself in conflict because if anybody remembers that season, she was never inserted in any kind of drama or cattiness surrounding Nick. So for me to think, man, maybe race has a way to play with that because she's made it so far, she knows that she's already gonna be scrutinized. So she ha- there's this hyper vigilance that she has to carry of how she you know, presents herself, right? And so when I started thinking that way around her season and then when it was revealed that she was a bachelorette, I like screamed. And it was it was so funny because I remember feeling like, oh, my God, that was a really loud, you know, Yelp of excitement. And in that moment, realizing, oh, wow, representation, like seeing someone look like me and operating in spaces that I know what it's like to operate as the minority and being hyper aware of how I carry myself, how I talk was like, welcomed, and I didn't realize that that was a need until that happened. So the reaction of when she became the Bachelorette and then post, right? So whether ABC was trying to feel like, oh, we fulfilled our obligation of our diversity quota. And so now we can go back to the same old, white lead format and appeal to middle America that's conservative and Christian and, and these kind of very uh, uh, rigid, rigid ideas of what society should look like and what programming should look like, um, it was like, huh, so we're not talking about race, but clearly race is shaping these narratives that we see in decision-making by the execs. I just feel like I've just been more hyper aware since then in any season, any iteration, just watching how the language of white or people of color, non-black people of color's behavior and words they say are compared to black contestants. And just seeing, I mean, not shocked by what I see, right? If a person, if a black person speaks out, with conviction about something that's wrong then they're it's they're angry they're uh stirring stirring the pot dramatic kind of classic angry black woman trope and then whites or non or or non black people of color are justified it's righteous indignation it's oh my gosh you speak your truth girl speak your truth when a lot of the times it's just gaslighting toxic femininity or, or, or just trash. So obviously seeing that certain, um, along the racial lines that certain contestants can get away with a lot more than others, um, kind of sets the stage for what I think, it's, that's one facet of how this Hannah B situation became the clusterfuck that it is, right? Because with these narratives of who's a more appropriate lead Who's the story that we want to get behind? Who's the story that's more palatable to the baseline of the viewers that drive the ratings? That has always been a white story. It's always been a white lead and people of color have just gotten scraps or lucked into getting the spotlight. So with how behavior has been scrutinized, now we're down to Hannah B who Not that my opinion of her is needed. And although I found her season to be mind-numbingly infuriating, and and maybe it's just, it's probably just an age issue because I'm I'm in my early, almost mid thirties and she was a child. um, And, you know, it's hard in any age to um, make decisions, especially if you're insecure and you're, you know, seeing the world from a lens that's not really fully formed and or fully formed by lived experiences or challenged in any way. And so she obviously comes out on top. She is now the, as far as Instagram followers, I think she has the most of any Bachelor Nation alum in its history that, that has a large presence on Instagram and Twitter. And then she has now, she's she's monetized her um, season of insecurity and 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 making not really sound decisions, right? So, um, and then there's this very delusional fandom of her and Tyler Cameron, where I'm not sure why people aren't seeing that Tyler Cameron is sick of answering this question and being linked to Hannah Brown, but there's this fandom that that's kind of like on the likes of fucking. Twilight back in the day when that shit was crazy. I never read those books, so don't associate me with them. But that's what I'm seeing, like this um, this fandom that's protects Tyler and Hannah at all costs. So th- what's wrong with that? You put them in this. I don't even think you can say celebrity status. It's beyond that, and so they're infallible, they're godlike, <laughs> and they can do no wrong. But then they're not. They're humans. Um, Tyler Cameron's a young, attractive guy, maybe has fuckboy tendencies, and Hannah Brown has a lot of growing up to do. I don't think that's wrong to highlight that or state facts from decision-making and from her own language of how she uh, has assessed herself and realized that she made a lot of mistakes and her season was trash. Um, But that's obviously growing pains of life, whatever. this is I'm really trying hard not to make this on like a TED talk, but clearly I have a lot of thoughts. But um, but then when you are at the at the level of the level of visibility that she has that was created by her fandom, she has a responsibility to realize she's not above reproach and should defer to humility anytime she fucks up. Well, she can do that when it's towards feminist causes. When it was against, you know, hannaby versus Luke P. and and is I don't know if it was Luke P. but one of the Lukes, his psycho sociopathic ass. And you know, she she was in feminist circles with that. And then oh, my, you know, all hail Hannaby the feminist queen and. All hail Hannah B coming into her sexuality with her going to dance with the stars and narratives that were and stories that were circulating around that. And now Hannah B is now making a lot of money, more than six figures, and she is more visible than she was when she left The Bachelor. And she seems to be drunk on a boat, skips over the F word and then just says the N word. I don't give a fuck if she had a if, if, if she thinks because Matt Tyler's best friend may be okay that one night. I don't know because sometimes a lot of a lot of I've I've heard from white people say, well, you know, I have a best friend that's black or so and so and so. I say it. I sing those songs or the Eminem, uh, the M uh, argument which Eminem has gone out when he became more conscious in his career decades ago that talked about how it is problematic that he does say that he's not going to say that going forward in his songs so people using this approximation or not even approximation this their closeness to a person of color especially a black person now allows them to use this word it's 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 bs whatever her reasonings were to be that bold is bs and that brings me to the third question of my thoughts on this week and why this situation is so serious. Not only does it highlight the clear, stark, uh, bias and double standard of who's allowed to be given the benefit of the doubt, whose narrative is allowed to be held and carried and whose narratives are just dismissed and will never carry any weight. You have someone who uses the N-word and the delusional fan base, mostly white, runs to her defense and when the person or when the only black lead comes out and rightfully so speaks out against it and again, diplomatically and pragmatically because I, I do think that Rachel always has to be aware of how she cares herself. Even though she's gonna get hated on regardless, she still has to make sure that she minds her P's and Q's and how she, you know, uses language to get her point across because she'll still be met with tone policing. Her plight is dismissed. Her righteous anger is dismissed and the only other time some, not all, some start to look at, oh, maybe Rachel has a point is when Tyler has to come out and put his stamp of approval of what Rachel is saying. And now everyone's like, oh, well, if Tyler said it, then OK, yeah, but still, you know, she said what she said sorry. She said sorry. Let's protect him at all costs. Still dismiss the voice of the black women who did not need to use who did not need to put forth that emotional labor that's unpaid to educate people in 2020 why saying the n-word shouldn't happen and then not even seeing that tyler was leveraging his whiteness in order to amplify rachel's voice to educate those who are so ignorant as a true ally would but they still dismiss that because oh my gosh it's tyler rescuing hannigan oh my gosh my Obsession and and love of them is is restored because we stand tan uh Taylor, uh what's their fucking name, we stand Hannah and and Tyler and and that's what we need to preserve completely even missing what Tyler was even co-signing or him leveraging his privilege to do, so it went over everyone's head and the reason why it went over everyone's head, the reason why ABC and its execs and Chris Harrison and his thirsty ass girlfriend have been mum on the situation is because they don't give a fuck. It's not their job to manage racism or use their platform to, you know, create this cultural shift because at the end of them, at the end of the day, it's about profit. And as long as their security, their mental wellness, everything else is fine, everything else is white noise and that's the problem of passive racism where which makes overt racism it's it's it, of course it's bad it's traumatic it's violent but passive racism being complicit in upholding white supremacy that's how it's been able to stand the test of time that's how it's that's how it's passed on through generations And that's why we're having this discussion at 2020, where we have to break it down in layman's terms, why no one other than black people have the prerogative and the flexibility to use the N-word for whatever reason they deem fit. And that is why anyone who is defending uh, Hannah, who is okay with the status quo, who has used their time on these comments to berate, tone police, and really show their true selves and their character, that is why I believe you are all racist, complicit, whether it's implicit or it's complicit or it's just straight up overt because I've engaged in some really nasty um, conversations. And I think to say it's traumatic is an understatement because in my own work in academia, I have a master's in sociology and my research interests were race intersecting with human trafficking, narratives in the media, um, gendered violence and a host of other things. And so it's not new to me. It's not new in the body that I inhabit and how I go about in the world and how every, like I can't just exist and just be taken seriously because what I have to say is of value or I earned a spot somewhere. I'm looked at as a quota, diversity higher, a list of microaggressive and passive-aggressive sentiments. And even to enjoy a show like The Bachelor, I can't even do that because then race is injected into that because race is everywhere. Race is political. Political is personal. All that good stuff. So this isn't about sparking awareness. This isn't about knowing better, you do better. The system is working the way it's supposed to be. Hannah, knowing to censor herself for the F word and not the N word, that's who she is. Her apology, um, whether she was inebriated or not, um, showed her true character. Having a black woman call you privately and speak to you at length to come up with a way to diplomatically come out and, you know, humbly apologize and use this moment as um as a learning moment and her choice to to pull out last minute, that's all facts. You guys can go to numerous um you can go back to Rachel's page to confirm that. You, her husband confirmed that last night is as, uh, as well. Um Hannah, you know, they talked for hours at end and then in the last minute, right before they were supposed to go live, Hannah pulls out, which is what made um Rachel uh, do her own life, which she just kind of encapsulated so well. I'm realizing that I'm now at 25 minutes and maybe I should wrap this up, but hopefully my points came across and I'm just exhausted. That, that's exhausted. And to be as conscious as I am and intentional about promoting marginalized voices i'm privy to information that systemically people don't want the masses to know because then that would if we really all educate ourselves we would demand not even demand shifts but we would dismantle our certain structures and um so the alternative to that is to do everything at any cost to make sure that we don't get to that place so i'm just constantly in a rage and so for it to go into pop culture for me into a place that is where I could where I should escape and where, if anything, I should just be able to enjoy the patch the Bachelor like any person and not now add another layer of hypervigilance of which one of y'all motherfuckers is racist because we had Victoria F modeling for alt right white supremacist um, clothing company and the Bachelor overlooked that. We had, um, they made Rachel, you know, tokenizing her labor to come out and speak against the racial slurs that were hurled at the biracial contestants of this last season um, because protect babyface Pilot Pete at all costs, his fucking spineless ass. And Chris Harrison never once used the word racist or racism, he used insensitive and and hurtful. So it's like, it's intentional, the dismissive nature and, and, and looking at race and not commenting on race within Bachelor Nation, or it's flippant, or it's misunderstood, or it was an accent, or she's saying it. All of those things fall under the category of passive racism, and whether it's passive, overt, whatever, it's still racist. So check yourselves and don't at me.
0: Thank you for listening to Descartes Pod. Make sure you're following us on social media on Instagram. We are date card pod on Twitter. We are date card podcast. You can email us at date card the podcast at Gmail and make sure you're following your hosts. Danica is at drunk feminist on Instagram. And Jenna is Jenna with a smile. Make sure you are subscribed to us on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher. Hey, Leave us a review. This is the final podcast tonight. When you are ready.
5: I'm going to need you all to roll plus charm to do the ad.
3: That's a five. I got a ten.
5: Eight. All right, Travis. Buddy can manage to get out the name of the show, but not much else. Monster Pod! Sadie, Jimmy is going to be able to get out the premise, but you didn't roll high enough for any spoilers.
0: Monster Pod is a real-play Monster of the Week podcast where four government-employed idiots try to save the world.
5: Sarah, Thomason rolled high enough to finish the ad. Releases every other Friday here on Sobelow Media. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to sobelowmedia.com. This this is As Above so below.